Okay, look with me at First uh, Peter chapter two, and I'm going to read verse two. Let's let's read. It says, "Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good." Let's pause and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this. Uh, opportunity this morning to dive into your word, and I thank you for these students who are here today. Uh, I thank you that um, we have been able to come to learn and grow. Uh, Lord, help that to be our, our motivation uh, to grow. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would show us this morning ways in which we can grow and, and uh, reasons for it. Lord, help us to take stock of ourselves. Help us to see uh, whether we have been growing well enough, uh, whether we're behind schedule, whether we should be further along. And Lord, I pray that you would motivate us, inspire us to grow this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I want to notice, I want to I point out a couple of things from this simple straightforward, short verse. It says, like newborn infants, okay, so we're using uh, a simile, right? Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. So that's a metaphor that by it you may grow up into salvation. I notice a few things about this verse. Number one, growing in Faith is expected of us. It's not something that is optional. If I showed you pictures of you as a baby and then showed a side-by-side of you five years later or ten years later when you're ten years old and it was almost the same picture, you would say, wow, there's something wrong with that. Their, their growth is stunted in some way. They're not developing according to the standards, and you know, maybe they have a, uh, some kind of, some problems growing, and because we expect physically that we would grow, and the Bible explains that there's a similar expectation that we grow and mature in our faith, and so we could say it this way, there are no Peter Pans allowed in the Christian faith. Peter Pan is famous for wanting to never grow up. And some people in their spiritual, sad to say, some people spiritually never grow up. And the Bible says that that is not right. Look at Hebrews chapter 5 and 6. About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing, for though by this time you ought, ought, there's that expectation to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained through constant practice and uh, to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ, and go on to maturity, not laying again 
a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings and laying on of hands, uh, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. And so uh, this passage tells us that there are people, Christians, who, let's use the food analogy, right? When, as, we develop, as we get older, our ability to eat food changes. We move off of milk to Gerber baby food jars. And then we move from there to more solid foods. And then, you know, as you grow older, you develop different tastes. Um, the other day, I went with Peter on a Becoming a Man trip. And um, so we're over in Florence, and uh, he wanted to go to Steak and Shake, and I wanted to go, uh, and actually, no, that's not where he wanted to go. He wanted to go to McDonald's, and I wanted uh, to go to Carabas. And uh, have you ever been to Carabas? Oh, it's so good. Food is so like rich and delicious, and then you know there's McDonald's, and uh, this actually wasn't on the trip that I was on with Peter. This was actually a few weeks prior to that. We we were wanting to celebrate Amy getting a new job, and and he was like, no, let's do McDonald's, and I was like, no, let's do Carabas, and I won because I was paying. Uh, but you know, Peter Peter was he's he was he's twelve. And uh, so he's still, he's still maturing in his taste. Last night, he was like, I don't want to eat that. Um, I don't want to eat that, but I will eat that. He didn't want the mushrooms or the onions in the meal. And, and, you know, I love those things. But there was a time when I didn't. There was a time that I didn't. And so in the passage here, we see, I'm going to put it up again. It, it, there, there is there's a kind of Christian who is a lot like that person that, that, that never gets off of McDonald's spiritually. That's so unhealthy. And um, God expects more of us. And we should expect more of ourselves. Where are you right now when it comes to spiritual things? Solid food, is that what you're enjoying right now? I read Christian leadership magazine stuff because I'm a pastor, and one of the things that's said a lot these days is that people sitting in churches don't want anything but psychology with a little Christian stuff sprinkled on. Give me something like Dr. Phil or Oprah and put a Bible verse attached to it. Why? Because all I want is some therapy. I don't want anything meaty spiritually. I don't want any doctrine. I don't want any, any deep truth that might mess with me. I just want to be told that everything is going to be all right and that God is good and blah, 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 and send me on my way and give me milk. That's what the church is full of today. Not every church is that way, and I hope this one isn't. And one of the reasons I decided to come here is because I didn't feel like, like it was that kind of church. But you're growing up, and you need to develop the taste for, for, 
for more solid food. And one of the questions we can ask ourselves in our small groups is when is it appropriate to start ask, or expecting that of ourselves? When we get out of high school, college, why not earlier? And so let's keep going. And so I uh, want to read now a little further in the passage because we want to ask ourselves the question uh, about why this is in this passage at this particular moment. And, uh, and so let's press it on a little further into the text. All right, look at verses 4 and 5. It says, As you come to him, a living stone... Rejected by, by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. More metaphors. We are stones in a house that God is building. And of course, the house that God is building through Jesus is the church. Now, here's the three old pictures of Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, you got the chapel up there. Uh, from inside and out. And the one on the bottom left is one you may not recognize. But that is actually, if you walk out these doors and you look to the, to the left of the, my left, your right, the left of the office door, you're going to see a Calvary Baptist Church in the sandstone that's carved. That's inside of there. That's the old auditorium before they built the big new one that we have out, out there new 1960s, but this was back in the 50s. That's what Calvary Baptist Church's auditorium looked like. And our church, interestingly, has gone through growing phases as uh, over time. But uh, Jesus said famously, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we, metaphorically, are like stones in the foundation walls. And, of course, the church is the people, not so much these buildings that you see around here, not this firehouse, not across the street. The church is us. And so each of us is connected to others, and that's important. That's really, really important. And so the reason why us growing in our faith is so important is because of the others around us, right? Because every foundation stone, every stone in the wall is connected to, directly to others around. And if you're a weak spot in the, in, the, in the structure, then the whole structure could be compromised. And so Peter's like, hey, this is serious. Let's not just brush this aside. Let's not say, oh, I don't matter. Everyone matters. You matter. And so, how can, we, uh, how can we understand the development process and in what areas are most important? So, let's, this is where we now go back, and I want to read to you uh, a few other verses. All right, let's go back to chapter 1, verse 22. I don't actually know if I have this on here. Okay, I forgot to put this actual verse in my, oh, here it is. No, no, I don't have 122 in here. Bummer. So, um, I can actually pull it up. One. Okay. 
this is kind of fun, like being able to do this from right here. Okay, there, nope, that's not it either. Oh well, okay. So I'll leave it right here for a minute. You have your Bible, this is why it's good to have your Bible, because I may mess up the slides. But it says in verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and, living and abiding word of God. So here we have some meat. And if we pull this apart, we can really get some, some real satisfying truth if we can dive in and, uh, and, and, and stomach it so we can, so we can uh, digest it. So we need to learn how to do this kind of stuff. And so what I'm asking is, uh, as we, uh, I'm going to keep reading here. I do have this next section. Uh, it says, since, all right, um, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. And then finally, verse 1 of chapter 2. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And then we have our verse that we started off with about growing. So what do I notice here? All right, if you're taking notes, this will probably be the part of the lesson where you're going to find notes worth uh, writing down the most, all right? Characteristics of growing Christians from the verses that we just looked at. And so when we, when we have this list all out, there's four of them, we're going to compare ourselves to what we see, all right? Uh, it's important that you compare yourself to the Bible, not to each other, Okay? When we compare ourselves physically, all right, we, and we do a lot of that, we'll, you know, remember when you're like your siblings and you're like, oh, I'm almost as tall as my sibling or whatever. Oh, I passed up this person in the growth chart. We don't do that spiritually because that's unwise. When we compare ourselves to each other, we tend to take the lowest of the low uh, common denominators and then say, oh, at least I'm better than that. And we give ourselves a pass because we're not a drug dealer or something worse, right? So we need to remember where to set the bar. We set the bar where the Bible sets the bar for ourselves. So compare yourselves to this. Verse 22, back in uh, chapter 1, it says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. So characteristics of growing Christians, number one, is obedience to the truth. Of course, the truth being the Bible that we see here. Now, each day, we have opportunity to either obey it or disobey it. Some days, sad to say we don't. Some days, we do really well. But the growing Christian has an increasing percentage of days where they are obeying the truth and a decreasing percentage of days in which they are disobeying the truth. 
when we become more like Jesus, Jesus lived out the truth. We live out the scriptures more and more every day. That's called sanctification. It's a word we use to describe the process of becoming more like Jesus. So I ask you this. Compared to last year, are you obeying the truth more now? Can you say you've been growing in this area? Are there more areas of your life which Jesus has conquered and Satan has lost? All right, characteristic number two, also from verse 22. So that, and this is the one where the spiritual stones all relate to each other. This one's so key. All right. Sincere love for each other. One of the things that motivates us to love other people more is when we stop thinking that we don't need them. If I actually could wrap my mind around the concept that I need you and you need me, then I care a whole lot more about how you're doing in your spiritual walk. Because if you're limited in your walk by the condition of my heart, then you should be upset if I'm stunted in my growth and I'm fooling around with my faith. Because you should want to get somewhere. God is building something and we want it to be strong. And so we need each other. And so we're supposed to sincerely love one another. So important. All right, let's move on to the next one. Verses 24 and 25. Let me throw those verses back up here again. All flesh, oh, through the living and abiding word of God, for all flesh is like, okay, the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. That means it abides. And the word is good, the good news. It was, of course, the gospel is is in that, but understanding the value of God's Word. I mean, things that last are so valuable. Things that break real easy end up in the garbage real quick. Uh, you go to the dollar store and you buy a bunch of party favors for a kid's birthday party. The, most of them are broken before they actually get home because they're cheap and they're, they're not worth much. But a, a woman receives a diamond ring from a man who wants her to marry him. And that diamond ring gets passed on from generation to generation because Diamonds are so valuable. They're so valuable. They're rare. They're hard. They're enduring. They're valuable. And, and so let, let us remember that the Word of God has been around for thousands of years. And the Bible tells us that it endures. It is the eternal Word of God. And so let us learn to value and treasure this above all other things that we could treasure because of the infinite value that it has. Do you value God's Word? Do you, do you take care of your copy of the Bible? Do you, do you consider it one of your prized possessions? If you, you, God forbid this ever happened, but if your house started burning, 
what would you go back in and grab? Would you think, oh, my Bible is something valuable to me. I want to go get it. I don't want that to go up in flames. Of course, God's Word is way more than your particular copy of the Bible. But uh, the kind of Bible you, you carry around and what's in it, it uh, your markings and things like that can be a, such an important part of who you are as a Christian. And then finally, verse two, or verse 1 of chapter 2, rejecting sinful attitudes and actions. And the, the ones that are in here are just examples. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. And those are things like, there, there are other lists in the Bible of things that we're supposed to put off and things that we're supposed to put on. But a, a growing Christian is somebody who is rejecting sinful attitudes and actions and trying to build in positive ones. So how are you doing? We're here in January, or no, February now, and uh, the year is still very young. But if you look back on last year, and we were to, like, you know, if you had a growth chart, uh, maybe on the corner of a door frame or something like that in your house, and, you know, you chart your growth and you put the date by it. Spiritually speaking, if we were to think about that, would you be able to tell any difference from last year? Have you grown in your faith? In these areas... Obedience to truth, sincere love for others, even those that are not as lovely as you'd like them to be, because those are the kinds of people Jesus hang out with, right? That's growing in our faith, right? Learning to love the unlovely, understanding the value of God's word, treasuring that, and rejecting sinful attitudes. And there's more that we could add, of course, to this. This is just right around the verses from 1 Peter. So let's break up in our small groups right now, and then uh, just talk a little bit more about growing in Christ.